Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. So I'm sitting here with my wife watching the Rays game last night. And this is, you know, live broadcast, all of that. It's a dog of a game. <laughs> Can I just tell you, Steve Versnick, you were there. Woof. For two nights now, I mean, they got pounded by the A's the night before, and Brett Phillips, who we'll get to in a minute, winds up you know, being the hero uh, story because he pitched, made sliding catches, and there wasn't anything else good about that game. Um, and this, this game, the game really um, – on Tuesday, it wasn't much better. Tuesday night, the Rays wind up winning. Two pitchers uh, making their major league debuts. Both of them gone by the second inning, by the well, third inning. Neither one made the third inning. Yes, neither one yes. finished the second inning. So it was funny because we sometimes we do this podcast after you were doing the game, and we'll, you know the game started sort of early. We're like, okay, you'd be home by 10, 30 or so. I turned the game on, man. <laughs> They're in the second inning. It's been an hour and a half. There's There's been eight runs. Eight walks. <laughs> it was just like, holy cow. Um, and, and it didn't get much better after that. But what was cool, and Mark Tompkin did a nice job in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com capturing this and uh, what was a live sort of game story feature, if you will. So this, this young woman, um, Chloe Grimes, who uh, is not even nine years old. She's eight, year, eight and three quarters years old. So she threw out the first pitch, and she was there. Uh, she's she's a cancer survivor, um, and they interviewed her. When I say they, Trisha Whitaker, uh, who who does the sideline reporting for the Rays, interviewed her. Uh, you know, as they do often with with people throw out the first pitch. She had a ton of friends there. Um, unfortunately for Chloe, after having battled cancer uh, one time. Um, it came back. And so she was there as a guest of the Children's Dream Fund. And her favorite player, mine too, by the way, turned out to be Brett Phillips. Okay. So she got to meet him before the game. And she threw out the first pitch. She's got a good arm, by the way. Uh, she's a pretty good softball player. And she, she had him sign her raised jersey that says Warrior on the back of it. And so... She gave, you know, she had given Phillips a softball and a handwritten note saying how much she liked him and as well as a a blue-green rubber bracelet that read, Rally for for Chloe, our Princess Warrior. So against this backdrop, with Phillips wearing the bracelet while talking live to Trisha Whitaker about throwing out the first pitch, about Phillips being her favorite player, he delivers a towering home run to right field. <laughs> and I'm telling you, my wife and I looked at each other, and it's like, are your eyes watering? Those are We had goosebumps, both of us, watching this. And I just, I just said, you know, just how I will never understand um, why 
children suffer from 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 this horrible disease and he hits this towering home run and i'm telling you it, it was surreal and trisha whitaker did a tremendous job of you know kind of turning to chloe and saying do you realize what just happened and chloe of course is excited um and then after the game of course phillips was you know over the moon about it he said i, I told her she gave me the power and she sure did. I told her I'd try to do something special for her, and it's just crazy. Um, but that that was a moment. That that was a moment, and it's, I guess it's going to be. It's all over Sports Center, right? You've seen it. Uh, yeah, I saw it on Sports. I knew about it before the game. Well, not that he was going to hit a home run in that. She came to the booth, right? <clears throat> yeah, she came to the radio booth after she did the TV hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- we had heard the story before the game how she had had cancer previously. Mm-hmm. Now it's back. Eight years old. Her whole team. I think her team was there with her. There were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she plays softball. Big Fossil baseball Park. fan. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big Brett Phillips fan. So yeah, we saw we saw her throughout the first pitch, and Brett Phillips caught it and that. But yeah, when when you see that, when when the big stuff happens when they're on camera, it's tremendous. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's, I, it's, earlier this week, when the Astros player made his debut, and they were interviewing mm-hmm. the parents. Yeah. It's not the yeah. same thing, but they're interviewing the parents and he gets a home run while they're interviewing the parents. <laughs> it was and pretty just, cool, yeah. It's incredible. I mean, those, those, I mean, different type of moments there, but it's just those, those cool moments that you can't plan, you can't prepare for. But yeah, Chloe, and, and she was a sweet girl. Yeah, she um, was. Great smile, smiled oh, through the whole thing. Absolutely. Just couldn't be happier, was so excited to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, her family, too. And But to see that. And of course, I was doing the radio broadcast, so we saw her on TV and in, in, in that. But I didn't see it till I got home, and I saw it on Sports Center. Yeah, you know the actual footage of it and such, just mm. incredible. Yeah, it was pretty. It was fun. I, I, I might be talking out of school. I believe, I believe Mark told me that um, she may play either on the team or in the league. Certainly, if I'll support with maybe Doug, one of Doug Wechter's children. But anyway, I, I think so. Um, yes. Yeah. Regardless of that. Um, her mom said, you know, she was blown away. We all were blown away. And she said the hair on my arm stood up. It was standing up on ours, too. I mean, I'm telling you, it was a moment. Like, we looked at each other, and we went, that didn't just happen. Um, and as Mark wrote, there's some other coincidences. He hit the the ball into the C ring of the catwalk, C for Chloe, of course. Um, and it got stuck up there. And <laughs> Kevin cashed that after the game. We should probably go get it and give it to her. Uh, also, the Grimes uh, Grimes came down uh, from the Rays Club, and they sat in the stands with her Fossil Park softball team. They were in Section 122, and of course, she was wearing a jersey with her number 22 on it as well. Um, yeah, just just crazy that that at that moment uh, Trisha was was interviewing her, and um, you know. Two and a half years old, two and a half when she was diagnosed on Christmas Day in 2015. It was an aggressive form of lung cancer. I won't pronounce it. Um, well, I will. It's plural pulmonary blastoma. Um, she beat that. She she mm-hmm. 36 rounds of chemotherapy, 25 rounds of radiation over a year and a half, and she was declared cancer free. And she stayed that way. She's been in remission for five years, and then just past March 10th. Um, they got the awful news that she had relapsed and now she had a, uh, a thyroid cancer and she's going to have surgery on May 3rd at John Hopkins, all children's to remove her thyroid 
in hopes that uh, with the cancer will be gone. I, I, I believe, and I, I don't want to, I think, yeah, I, I've known, I know some other children that had a similar cancer uh, and know them now, so they've, they've been able to survive that. Um, but, you know, for the Rays, good for them providing, providing you know, what, what will be one of the most memorable nights of, of not just her life, but her family's life, of, of all the Rays fans that were watching. Um, it was something. Um, the highlight of the game. The game itself? Oh, man. Whoa. I mean, the Rays, they fall behind three to nothing. And Tommy Romero, God bless his heart, he's a, you know, he's a sort of a forced into action starter um, because of, of the injury to Yarbrough or whatever. Um, yep. And, and, now, and we know, also learned Patino and uh, JT Chagua are out for a while with oblique injuries. Both of them have obliques, right? Yep. yep. I'll tell you what, I, I won't, I'll save this for later, but man. There's a lot going on with those pitchers and the injuries the Rays have had the last two years. I, I don't know. Um, so they got blasted, you know, thirteen to two on Monday, and but they battled back in this one. Brennan Brennan Lau uh, had a solo homer. Uh, G Man Choi hit a three run bomb. Mm-hmm. Phillips had one. So they're up six three. So at six three, I'm thinking, okay, well they you know they've righted the ship. Whatever cliche you want to use, it looks like they're going to go on and. Have a nice, easy, you know, victory over a not so good um, A's team, and but then Romero, you know, getting bounced so early. Now you're back into the pen, and they get down to Ralph Garza Jr. and they really don't have anyone else to pitch. There's nobody in the bullpen, and he allows them to rally to tie the game in the seventh, and then they yeah, go. Margot kind of misplayed a ball. He did. He did. That yeah, ball should have been trouble. caught. Yeah, he, he got misplayed it, and if he catches that, it's a whole different story. That's true. That's true. That's fair. Um, but you still—I mean, Garza still walked two guys. Two guys, yeah. You know, I mean, that's the way t- Romero started the game: two walks, and then gives up a three-run home run. Mm-hmm. And he looked nervous. He looked—he looked, he looked uh, overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Yeah. A guy making his debut, and and you know, you're not going to sit there and judge him on that. No. If you look at his his minor like by the way his minor league numbers are stupid good like talk about walks he doesn't walk anybody he's you know, got like, the best control of anyone in the race system <laughs> it's unbelievable and he didn't you know, show it he, tonight but no he he was just he looked like a guy making his major league debut and he sat there afterwards and you could just feel him saying I can't believe I pitched like this you know that this is this is the way I went out there uh, second time will ho- obviously be much better. Um, but they did get it done. Um, they rally in, in the, uh, after giving up a run in the 10th, they rally for two in their bottom of the 10th. And, uh, again, Manuel Margot with the walk-off single to score. Wander Franco, is he any good? Is he having, he was 0 for 3, and then he ended up with 2, two for 5, and his average went down. Yeah, so he's batting 600 coming in. He started 0 for 3, then his last three at-bats, triple, walk, double. <laughs> um, so you know the on base percentage was five hundred tonight. The average was four hundred. Yeah, so his average goes down, but yeah, he's good. Ho hum. I mean, we were shocked in the second inning. He struck out. And it was a swing. He and did. Miss. Yeah, you don't see him miss many baseballs. It was, and it was it was a pitch he normally doesn't swing at. And you're like, well, he doesn't look right tonight. Yeah. But by the end of the game, he scores what a run in the sixth, and then knocks in the uh, the tying run in the tenth. 
Double and a triple later in a walk. Yeah. So he he's getting it done. But they got the win. They got to play. They got to play better baseball. And it, it starts with pitching. Obviously, I mean, you can't you can't run guys out there unintentionally. Like they used to have the opener that might pitch an inning or two. These are not openers. They were hoping these guys would go yeah. at least you know four, maybe maybe into the fifth. But um, they've been they've been getting guys knocked out, and their bullpen now is just spent. Yeah, I mean, every, you know, for two games. Well, tonight's game and the pitching. Sure, we can talk about that, but it honestly looked like the fourth week of spring training. Oh wait, this is the fourth week of spring training, <laughs> right? Because it was there were mistakes all over the place on both yeah. teams, and some were yeah. errors, some weren't. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, it just you're sitting there going, "This is Major League Baseball," and, and yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know if it's just the, you know the pitching and how many pitches and just. You know, I think that men- was it. mentally out there. You're, you know, but they were at 350 pitches, like in the seventh inning between the two teams. It was like ridiculous. They were at they were at like 115 through two innings. Well, the two starters had 115 pitches, and they went a combined three innings. Yeah, there you go. That's that was the stat. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I, I was going to say it was American Legion, but that's an insult to my post 14 <laughs> team because we were much better than that. Um, but it felt it had a co- you know when you go see some college baseball I don't know it's you know I played a hundred years ago but it was always like every count was three balls <laughs> it did like the guy was going to go full on you or three and one or three and zero oh before he started pitching so I think uh, was it Romero or was it I don't know if it was Romero or Aller one of them six of the first nine batters they faced they went full count on yeah and that, that is exactly right. <laughs> And that's that's Legion ball right there. That's yeah. college baseball. Yeah, you know, you can't get it over. You can't command the strike zone. Guys are up there. You know, it's it's a, it's thirty pitches an inning and that sort of thing. So, but the race uh, got the win. They're four and one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's it was a bad game, bad two games, but you right. split the two games, so you'll take it. Sure. I hope they clean it up by Thursday afternoon on getaway day, and they play about a two and a half hour game because I I got that one. So <laughs> I don't. I would think at that point they're going to be sick of each other and go, you know what? Let's just let's just make this quick, guys. Let's go. Um, but yeah, so four and one start. They'll, they'll take that and move on, and and we'll see uh, see what they do, what they do tonight. Uh, meanwhile, um, we'll get to the Bucks. I, I was out there at uh, at the Bucks facility. Well, we'll do that now. I was out at the Bucks facility. They is a second day of their off season workout program. It's phase one, which is. Uh, not too complex. All they're allowed to do really is is strength and conditioning work. They can meet with their position coaches. Um, they're not really meeting as a team. They're not doing field work as a team. Really not doing anything on the field as a team. Um, so it's it's you know the attendance. Nobody tells you who's there. Uh, we know that Tom Brady's not. And uh, <laughs> how do we know? Um, well, uh, for one, you know. We got to talking to a few guys, including Tristan Wirfs. This was the big, you know, you walk away from a from a news conference knowing what's going to happen next when it includes Tom Brady. Tom Brady, of course, international superstar. Anytime his name comes up, you can bet there'll, there'll be repercussions. And so we're talking to Tristan Wirfs, who, who says his foot is doing very well, thank you. He doesn't need surgery. Uh, you know, he's totally bummed that he said that the only game in any sport he's ever missed was last year's Rams game. And it drove him crazy. It drove him absolutely nuts. He felt helpless on the sideline. He's trying to help Josh Wells uh, the way Josh helps him. 
um, when he plays, but you know, to no avail. Of course, the offensive line got Brady hit 19 times in that game, and um, you know, he managed to bring him back, but we know how it ended on defense. And so, you know, Worfs is explaining all of this, and somehow, I, I don't remember the context that it came up. Some, some we we're talking about how players found out about Brady, you know, coming back, and um, he was he was at a steakhouse with his mom when he found out or whatever, and. I think it was in the context of what, you know, has, have you talked to him? Did he call you? And he just said, uh, I, I don't have Tom Brady's number because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not probably worthy of that just yet. And so, so you knew he hung it out there, you know, and we all laughed and there was videotape of it. And you're thinking, well, if you're not worthy of it and you're a, you're an all pro, right? Like, you, you know, first pro bowl, but like an, an all pro right tackle, then who would be worthy of it? Um, and so you just had to wait a few a few hours during the afternoon. And Brady is only Brady and or his social media team can. Apparently, you know, there was enough mentions on his timeline because everybody was going nuts with this that Brady sent him a, a, a pretty funny text message that Worfs later published. And it was like uh, his his introduction was like, hey, uh, that your car warranty is running out, that sort of thing. Uh, and, and he goes, no, I'm just kidding. This is your favorite quarterback. <laughs> and so Wurtz was like, Tommy. <laughs> and uh, so now he has his number, which they didn't publish, unfortunately. Um, but, I, you know. You know, that's a pretty high standard to get Tommy's number if your Pro Bowl right tackle. Right. Can't get it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know. This is the guy that, as a rookie, you know, Brady told him two things, and don't, you know, well, one thing I remember, two things he told him. But one was, oh, there was two: don't get beat early, and don't get beat to the inside. <laughs> and so, those are the only two things that Worse has taken with him. Like, okay, I'm not getting beat off the ball, and I'm not getting beat to the inside. So everything else he can handle, um, and he did a pretty good job of it. But yeah, so you know, it's a it, it's a great atmosphere over there. Uh, the players seem to be. Um, obviously excited that Brady is back. They've gotten a lot of free agents back. Ryan Jensen included. We talked about the offensive line. They're going to miss Alex Kappa. Um, you know, and, and then some of the new players, you know, like Keanu Neal was, was talking, he, former Falcon, former Cowboy. is going to come back and, and play some strong safety. Of course, they lost Jordan Whitehead to the Jets. And, you know, to a man, they're all like, look, you know, you got – TV 12, I mean, we're, you know, we, we feel like we can win a Super Bowl and do it right now, and that's that's the focus. They're obviously uh, still smarting a little bit from the way the season ended. It didn't, it didn't end with confetti. I think every team that doesn't win a Super Bowl feels that way, um, but certainly the Bucks do because, you know, Brady brought them back in that game against the Rams, and, and they would have hosted the NFC Championship game against the 49ers, probably gone to the Super Bowl. And who knows what they do against Joe Burrow and the Bengals, but you give them a puncher's chance with Tom Brady. And so even though they've won 29 games in two years, they have the coaching change, which I think to a man, you're not going to find anybody in that organization that's going to say anything, but this is a great thing for them, for Todd Bowles. They, you know, Levante David, who we talked to for quite a while, talked about sort of, again, this you know Bowles' way. I mean, B.A., there's only one B.A., you know, this is the thing, like you try to, I know people try to, you know, 
paint BA and, and Brady at each other's throats, which really has never been the case. I don't believe. Um, but 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 BA is unique. You know, he's been in the game for forty years. He's he's a he's a character of the game, and he's obviously you know known for his offense and his Virgo passing and no risk it, no biscuit and that sort of thing. Um, win or lose, we booze, baby, and you know, coach him hard, hung him up later, all those things that he's known for. But but he's one of a kind. You know, he 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 has his own way. Uh, Bowles has his way, which is a little more traditional. And, and we talked about this yesterday on the podcast, which, by the way, I got some good feedback from that, um, uh, talking about why Todd Bowles might be uh, more in line of what Tom Brady's used to because he, he sort of comes from the Bill Parcells tree or does come from the Bill Parcells tree in terms of uh, of coaching and, and, and defense and, and where he learned that uh, in Dallas and in Miami. And so, you know, I, I think I think they're all, you know, very – resolute and standing behind Todd Bowles and thinking this is, you know, this is going to be a great thing. So one of the guys we talked to, of course, was Levante David. And that final play um, that set up the game-winning field goal, which was a cover zero call, and Cooper Cup gets open for, what, 44 yards or whatever it is, set it up. Um, You know, if you go back and watch the tape, and this is the first time I think we talked to David since it happened, um, he's in no man's land. You know, he... They go no huddle. Sean Murphy bunting falls down. Cup goes out of bounds with a pass, and they go back. And he's just trying to make sure everybody has the call. But even though they did, he didn't blitz, nor did he really drop in coverage. He's just sort of in no man's land. And and that contributed to the play, and certainly the optics were bad. Um, you know, when you have Cup, you know, splitting the defense down the middle of the field and getting up on the safety and the whole thing. Um, but then he revealed to us that, you know, on top of everything else he was dealing with, he he has he has a Liz Frank injury, not going to require surgery. It's a, it's a foot injury. It's very very serious. It's very limiting um, in some ways. Uh, but again, his 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 did not require surgery. But he said, "Look, I he goes, you know, I can say it now. I was about sixty percent, and that's pretty low to have a guy out there playing." You know, I remember wondering if, if, if Levante was going to make it back for the postseason, and he did, of course. Um, but that 60% Levante David is not Levante David. So for him to go out there and try to gut that out, um, for that, that's a, for, you know, I, what I know about that injury has ended some people's careers. Um, you know, I, I think says a lot about him and, and kind of, kind of explains some things. So, Hopefully he'll get he'll get healthy. He should be fine uh, when the season starts. You expect more from Devin White. They expect more from everybody. Um, we talked to Joe Tryon Shawinka, you know who, and I'll be writing about him in the Tampa Bay Times uh, this weekend. Um, you know, a year ago, this kid was had opted out at the University of Washington. hadn't played football, hadn't played in a year, and winds up being the final pick of the first round of the Bucks comes to the Bucs, and he's going to be behind Jason Pierre-Paul, who then gets hurt right away. And he was pressed into playing pretty early you know, for a guy that hadn't played in a year. And lo and behold, um, because of other injuries to other parts of, of the lineup, they moved him all over the place. He, he was an outside linebacker where Jason Pierre-Paul was, and then Pierre-Paul came back, uh, and then they might have an injury at a linebacker, and he was rushing from the Mike linebacker position. He was all over the field. And I think in a weird way, it, w- it was good. You know, he looked at it as, well, 
it gets me on the field, which is all he was interested in doing, was trying to help the team. But it, it's also slowed his development because you weren't able to just leave him in one spot. And for that reason uh, and others, I, I think we got to wait and see what Pierre Paul's shoulder injury is and all that. I don't expect JPP to be back because, you know, Joe is going to be, um, I think, their starting outside linebacker. No, he's going to be the starting outside linebacker. And you have to you have to make that position available to him and just leave him there. And I think that's the plan. You know, I've talked to Casey Rogers about it, and he just feels like, you know, they, they hurt his development um, as much as, you know, he did what he could and made plays and, and, and looked okay. Uh, but this should be an entirely different year of really finding out what Joe Tryon is. For one, he's played football now. He's been a pro for a year. He goes, you know, he was funny. He's like, hey, man, last year I was just trying to find the meeting room. I didn't, you know, this is a big building. I didn't know where I was going. So now he knows where he's going. He's, you know, dealt with the off-field stuff. He's, you know, moved with a pretty good support group, you know, all the way from Washington and whatnot. And so, you know, he's he's in, he's in a much better place as most second-year guys are. Um, but we're coming up on the draft now here in a couple of weeks, and it's interesting just to you know just try to see the the growth of of Joe Tryon and, and how much he's going to help them this year versus last year. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, finally, Steve, uh, the good thing about the, the lateness of the Rays game is I got to watch uh, them and the Lightning at the same time or try to keep one eye on both. Uh, and the Lightning lose one to nothing uh, to Dallas. They had a chance, I think, if they won to clinch a playoff spot, that will happen. I'm pretty confident. Mm-hmm. Um, Vassy was in net, looked pretty good. I mean, anytime you you know you only give up one goal, you should probably win that game. Um, but Dallas played well, and and they didn't get it done on the road. And here, here's tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong about this. I mean, the, they talk about the process over results. They've certainly have played better. Uh, defensively in the last three games, I think. Uh, and that's where it needed to get better to start with. The thing that would concern me is before this is kind of over, against the better teams, you want them to play well. You know, like to win to, mm-hmm. to win a few games down the stretch here. Like they're taking care of business against Buffalo, okay? Fine. But you'd like to see them, you know, beat a playoff team, beat a team that they're maybe going to see in the playoffs at some point. I think they're one nine and one against playoff teams their last eleven games. Yeah, see that, playoff teams. That's the thing that would bother me about going into the playoffs. But and the flip side, the last three games they've given up three goals. No, that's that's what you want. No, you've see. only gotten three points out of it because you lost two to one a couple games ago. Then you shut out Buffalo five nothing. Tonight yeah. you lost one nothing. Yeah. You know, so it's there's nine games left. Mm-hmm. Um, a win on Thursday or an Islanders loss in regulation, or both teams losing in overtime or shootouts. You're in once again clinch a playoff berth. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. They yeah. don't really care where they're seated. I know fans no. like to look at, you know, would you rather play this team or this team? And I, I do believe there's more favorable matchups. Yeah, but all the teams are so close anyway. Even if you're trying to 
well, we'd rather be this seed. I mean, you got to hope that all the teams around them, you know, fall into line in that. That's why you don't worry about the other teams if you're the Lightning. Yeah. You know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Just, you know, you're trying to get ready for May 2nd or whenever your first playoff game is. Right. Yeah, you're going to have to go through all of them anyway. Whoever survives, whether it's Florida or Boston or whoever, they're going to have to see them at some point. So first-round matchups, you know, who would have thought several years ago that Columbus would be their, their um, you know, do them in after, you know, four straight games. So it, that part that part you can live with. Um, and, again, they're like you said, they're playing better, um, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, having having McDonough back is huge, absolutely huge for that team. Um, so now it's about health and momentum, and, and they still have enough time uh, in these final games to sort of get a little bit of that back and continue – you know, continue playing lightning hockey and looking like the lightning, but um, you would have liked to have gotten the result. So, and, and you know, one thing to note from tonight: Dallas is in a dogfight to make the playoffs. They are. I mean, they're mm-hmm. the last wild card right now, but there's three sure. or four teams behind them. You know, I mean, their desperation level. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought the lightning played okay. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, they played a good first period, struggled in the second period, was b- better in the third, I think, overall, but. You know, but Dallas's desperation level and at home, you know, they they got the goal with just under five minutes left to go. Yeah. Lightning had some chances down the stretch too, but you know, it's what three. There's only what three road games left for the Lightning That's this it. season out of their nine. If six at That's home, it. three in the road. Yeah, get ready for the playoffs. I mean, that you know, one more win and you're in, or one Islanders loss. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's all there for them, and and they'll make the postseason. They just got to keep going and building on top of these last three games where they played better defensively, and we'll see what they can do. I mean, there, there's a reason why it's hard to win one Stanley Cup, much less back to back. And what they're trying to do is modern day a piece of history uh, to to three peat, but you can't do that until you're in the postseason. And really, I think as much as anything is if they can stay healthy and enter the postseason without some of the the main um, you know, players on their team being out, and right now they're, they're, they seem to be getting healthier. Um, that's as much. That's as much the thing. You know, it's a war of attrition. So you want as many of your players back as you can. So we'll follow them. The Rays continue their series against the A's. Uh, game three, of course, is is today or tonight, I should say. Um, the Bucks will continue their offseason workout program. We'll have more stories on that. Check that out on TampaBay.com tomorrow. Really, the next two days, I got a ton of these mailbag questions. We're going to kind of sprinkle these in these next couple of days, but there's still time to submit yours if you'd like to. You can do that by hitting us up on Twitter at SportsDayTB. That's at SportsDayTB or Show Prep Tampa Bay, as we call it in the business. Um, and then you can also reach us on Twitter at uh, me on Twitter on at NFL Stroud. That's at NFL Stroud. Or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. Com. So for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.